Welcome. Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics, red letter basics. We examine the Word of God. We focus on the example of the Book of Acts Church to see how they served the Lord. We follow that example and we delve deeper into Scripture. And in the process, we've discovered the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. In case you haven't noticed, the church that man created is ineffective and in not getting the job done. And that, why, that is why the porch, an online community of believers, was created to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000, celebrating 20 years. Go to onsolomonsporch.org to connect with us, or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com and contact us there as well. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site. Subscribe to it. Get the Spreaker app on your smart device. That way you get updates on broadcasts and things that we're doing. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you like and uh, share the podcast, the shows, and everything that we're doing. We're also found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We've just added SoundCloud. And like I mentioned last week, we're back on Blog Talk Radio. We're and there's more to come. We're gonna we're, we are committed to getting the word out and furthering the kingdom and drawing the remnant in, increasing our reach. So please, please let people know who we are. Share the links. Share the Bible studies. If you want to support what we do, you can go to the PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use, has less fees. We're found there on uh, as at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Just give us the Lord leads. We don't really like to do this, but there's a lot of things going on. When we add new broadcasting uh, accounts, it costs money, and we're going to keep doing it. We're going to spread the word. We're going to start to create ways to spread the word. We believe what we're doing here is important enough to do that. So thank you to each and every one of you that do support us. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch, you can jump directly to the chapter marked Shofar and go directly into the lesson. I keep telling you the dates. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, is September 19th. September 22nd begins fall, and it's the autumnal equinox, change of seasons. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is September 28th, and Sukkot. The Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th, and I mention it, I'm going to keep doing it. A lot of people spiritually are pointing towards the Feast of Tabernacles. They're believing a breakthrough blessing is coming, and as we watch what's going on in the world, we've got to discern the signs of the times and understand what's happening, and that's why the porch is here for you. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests. Of course, I praise the Lord for my salvation because everything else stems from that. For my home, my wife of 40 years, our family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, our furry kids, and everything he's given us. All good things come from above. All good things are from the Lord. He has blessed us, and we are thankful. I praise him for his protection over all of us, even in the midst of the storms, both natural and supernatural. For the ministry that he allows me to work, it's his ministry. It'll never be mine. My name will never be on it. For the dreams and the visions that he's given us, a lot of activity in that regard, Joel chapter 2, things happening, dreams and visions. Praying for his healing virtue, I praise him for him every day, every day. Speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. I praise him for healing you right now of whatever it is that's going on in your life. Believe and receive. I praise him that he allows us to praise him. Oh, my goodness. I love the old-time praise and worship. For me, old-time is, you know, late 80s, early 90s when they sang the word, when they sang scripture. I'm not looking to be entertained. I'm not looking to replace the world. I'm looking to praise him and worship him. And speak the word back to him. 
praise him for his favor and divine revelation, for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. So many people pointed towards these times, but they're no longer here to experience them. And I guess maybe for some of them, that's good. They're safe. They're home. I praise him for America. With all the things going on right now, all the ugliness, I still believe in the red, white, and blue. I still believe in what God intended for this nation, and the church is part in that. Praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I do believe that. I do believe he's going to snatch the church out of here. I also know that there are people that don't believe that, and I think whoever wants to go will go. Whoever doesn't is going to watch the rest leave. So let's get ready. Let's get ready for his return. And how do we do that? We start by praying. First thing to pray for is the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. So we pray for the Middle East. We pray for Israel, the peace of Jerusalem, everything going on there right now. The the peace deals. Peace, peace. Once peace, they say peace, peace. Sudden destruction will come upon you. Pay attention. Don't get too excited about anything, but just understand it's another tick on the prophetic clock. Pray for America and its leaders and the citizens at this time. Pray for them to reach out to the Lord or pray for them to pray. Get on their knees, intercede, be aware, be alert, be awake. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents in and out of the womb, the victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents, both in the womb, out of the womb, both human and animal. We are a bloody, bloody demonic world at times. It offends me, it angers me, and I have to keep my focus. i got to keep my eyes on him. I pray for the missing and exploited children, that somewhere in the darkness, somewhere in the pain, somewhere in the degradation, the Spirit of the Lord would touch them, and that somebody would rescue them. Pray for the victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking, nothing more demonic to me than that. It's been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, let's face it, when the fallen came down on Mount Hermon and went into the daughters of Adam and created the race of giants that we call the Nephilim, that was a part of that. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith every day. It's in the news. Well, the news that I read, it's not in the big news. Nobody seems to care. Religious persecution, anti-Semitism, everything that's increasing as we get closer to the coming of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist is paving its way. It's bolder and bolder. It's getting ready to be revealed. Well, i got news for you. As long as the church is here, we're going to stand in your way. Pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Healing from my wife, Deb, and each and every one of you, stop speaking to your body as if it's broken. Stop talking about it in the present tense. Speak to it as it should be in faith and watch it happen. I pray that we'd get protection, that Psalm 91 protection, that we would be inspired, that the fire of inspiration of the Holy Spirit would fill us, that the remnant, those that have made it through the storm, those that have made it through the flood and the fire and the warfare would wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. And if you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know someone who's been blessed, tell them about us. Tell them about the porch and firefall and SRT and all the things that you know that we do. Right now with the coronavirus scamdemic, I mean pandemic, everything that's going on, we are more landlocked than we've ever been before. But we're going to get mobile. We're going to get out there. We're going to have to drive everywhere. We're going to have to have our own equipment that takes money. So pray with us that that would happen. If you want to know what we need and what we're praying for, reach out to us, I'll tell you. But we are going to get it done. We're going to go set the captives free. We're going to do what we've been called to do, and then we're also going to create content for Hollywood to expose what the enemy's doing. It's worth the cost, it's worth the time, and it's worth the effort. And continue to pray for divine favor. These legal matters, you know, the, the world system, the legal system, Nothing legal about it. I mean, there are laws. There's no justice. But God's favor can and will do things. So we ask you to pray for us and uh, our family as we go through these things. And finally, most importantly of all, that our lost loved ones would come to know the Lord. Their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
Remember last week I asked you to pray for, well, actually Junior in Oklahoma um, told us about his father-in-law dying. I asked him for an update. Well, he passed on Monday. And Junior said he died with a smile on his face. They brought him back to the house, his home, on Saturday. And he passed with his wife and his kids by his side. Um, Some family members are taking it better than others. But interestingly enough, his wife is a nurse. And while she and two of her sisters were cleaning him up and shaving him and taking care of him, he just simply passed peacefully away. Better than being in a hospital, cold, sterile environment. Stacy in Texas sends her regards and wants everybody to know that she's praying. And Kim and Fort Mitchell just had an unspoken prayer request. Well, Father, you know all these things. And everybody that's listening right now is telling you what they need, telling you what they praise you for. They're asking you. They're speaking. They're believing. Holy Spirit, help them to do that. We thank you. We thank you for the blood that has washed us clean and set us free. We thank you for the cross in which he died for us, for me, for you. We thank you for making a way for us, even all the way back to the garden, so that we can be reconciled to you for loving us when we were unlovable, for forgiving us when we stumble and fall, and you help us get up and you dust us off and you let us know that you still love us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, teaching us and encouraging us and helping us to understand what we need to know, what we need to see, what we need to remember, and what we need to do in these times. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, right now, clear everybody's mind, clear their hearts, get them prepared to receive the word and go out and do something with it, to put action to their faith, that they'd set the captives free and that the world would know that we are yours. It's really dark right now, and we just want to shine. Set us on fire. I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue, and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer. We're still talking about the kingdom. I don't think I'm coming off of this. I think this is the message for 2020. I think this message is taking us to a place, taking us on a journey, and those that want to go will make it. The kingdom of God and understanding it, and I'm going to share some... new revelations that I just got within the last couple of days. And I don't say that lightly. I've been saved almost 32 years in October. I've been studying the Word for almost 32 years in October. I've been teaching the Word for 30 years, preaching, studying, learning, 
And every day, the Lord shares something new with me now that I would not have understood when I was a baby Christian. But the kingdom of God, which was the core of the Lord's message, is his rule or his sovereignty, his dominion, his power, his control, his authority over all things in heaven and on earth. That's what makes that prayer so powerful. Maybe you need to get back to basics and start praying the Lord's Prayer every day, not as some ritual, not as some memorized repetition, but from your heart. Because it's His kingdom, and we want His kingdom to rule in us and through us. You see, we're here. He left us behind to do a job. He'd come back and get us. We're the occupying army. We were told to tarry. We were told to occupy. So his kingdom should be manifesting through us. We should be seeking it just as I read it in the Lord's Prayer. But the revelation, and I've shared this with you before, and I'm going to go a little deeper, the kingdom of God is inside of you. I read so many posts on social media and teachings and things I've read and even heard over the years that never understood what the Lord was saying. The enemy didn't want us to learn it. Maybe it was held from us until this time. I don't know. But what I do know is what you're seeking. The kingdom of God, the power, the sovereignty, the dominion, the control, the influence is already here, and it's inside of you. And until you get free of the cares of this world, until you stop letting things distract you, until you stop letting things pull you back into the world, you won't enter in. I'm talking with a couple of my brothers, and there are moments since I've got saved that I live in two worlds at the same time for most 24-7. But there are times that I'm deeper in the spirit world than, than I am in this world. And I'm more, I, I'm more able to see, I'm more able to hear, and to do the things that I do. Part of that's my background, where I've come from. But I've realized that at the moments I am immersed deeply in the kingdom and in the influence, the enemy sends something to pull me back into the world, the cares of this world, uh, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust for riches, things that we get distracted by social media. Oh, my goodness, I am praying to be so busy and so active for the Lord that I won't care. I won't check social media. I won't get caught up in the, the back and forth and all that. And even now, I'm starting to have a a, a, a reaction to it. It pulls me in. It gets me caught up in things and angry about things and reacting to things that have no eternal value. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying that's not what I'm called to care about in this time right here and now. I want his kingdom. I want the rule of his kingdom. And the reason we're able to have it in us is because of the Lord. Many of you know I started a journey back in 2007, and it was based upon a scripture that I read, John 14:12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And that was when I read that, and I said, Lord, where are these greater works? And he began to take me on this journey. Well, I realized if he had told me then what I know now, I wouldn't have grasped it. I took it as, okay, we don't understand what it means to be born again. He meant it literally, not figuratively. It has to do with our DNA. It has to do with all these things you've heard me teach over the years. Well, I'm going to take this to the next level. All of those things are found in one concept, the kingdom of God. The greater works come from us walking as he walked. The greater works come from us like the book of Acts Church. They were walking in the kingdom here and now, initially. And then religion and problems and all the other things. It took 300 years, but they got yanked out of it. I mean, completely yanked out of it. And we've been fighting to get back in ever since. But let's go further, John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We're still talking about greater work. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, that seems like an odd shift. First of all, we're talking about greater works. We're talking about glorifying the Father. You say, if we ask anything in your name, you'll do it. But there's a predicate. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you a hel- another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 16 of John 14, if you're taking notes, underline will be in you. When is that will be? It started in Pentecost. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father. Here we go. Now follow this, verse 20. Thinking about this from the kingdom perspective. I am in the Father, therefore he and the Father are one. You in me and I in you. Therefore, we are all one. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What did Jesus preach? He preached about the kingdom. If he's manifesting in you, you are manifesting the kingdom. Now, if you've been with me for all the years I've been teaching, I like to break things down, not into formulas, but into patterns. Belief equals greater works. Why? Because the Lord is with the Father. And the Holy Spirit connects us to the throne room. Let's just visualize this. The Lord is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Spirit which had proceeded from the Father that the Lord sent back, still attached to him, still connected to the two of them, is now inside of us. Therefore, no matter where we are, no matter where in the world, no matter where you are at any time, you are connected to them in the throne room. Therefore, anything you do for him is kingdom works. The greater works are kingdom works. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom distribution system to the church. Whatever device you have, whatever service you have, you're always connected. Are you not? To whatever network that you're on. We should have that understanding that we are always connected in the kingdom to the throne room. And as long as the Holy Spirit is here in us, the kingdom of God is both present and effective. Boy, I I wish you could see this. I wish you could get this, because if you did, you'd be so much more effective in your life and in your walk. Larry and I were talking about this today, the things we do with SRT when we're in the zone when we're locked in, it's like we're, we're in a whole different world. We see, we hear. You know, some people have to see with the camera. I, I see in the spirit. And, and we've been places where somebody will take a picture and say, there's one right in front of you. Well, I already know that because I can see it in the spirit. I can see it in my mind. That's because my mind is connected to the Lord. The Lord's in the throne room. He sees it. And it's coming back to me. I am in the kingdom network, if you will. So the permanent, universal indwelling of the Holy Spirit to all believers is the heart of the kingdom. It's, it's what allows us to do the work asked of us in the church age. It was never supposed to be about the church. It was never supposed to be about a building. It was never supposed to be about a denomination. It was always supposed to be about the kingdom. I I hope you get that, because we need you to get this. That's why the Lord kept telling them about the ministry of the Ruach HaKadosh, After he left, it's better if you, remember he said to them, it's better for you if I go. 
because then I can send back the Paracletos, the Helper, and when the Helper comes, so I shall send to you from the Father the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me, and you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. Well, Lord, I wasn't there. Well, you are. You're connected to everybody that's passed down the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? Think about it. Once they got filled in the upper room, they began to pass on the Holy Spirit. They, then the Holy Spirit kept getting passed on. And through the laying on of hands, through prayer. I mean, I had Pastor Shelley and my brother-in-law John in a, in a, at the end of a deliverance that I was going to pray for me to receive it. I felt it. I felt it happen. Of course, the manifestations came later, but that was the same Holy Spirit that was released in the upper room that day in Jerusalem on Pentecost. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby, meaning he's standing by you, whom he sent from the Father, literally emanates from the Father, means it's still attached to the Father. The spirit of truth testifies regarding who? Testifies about the king. This is a kingdom manifestation. So what that means is the kingdom of God is inside out. I taught this maybe a year ago, but only about the Holy Spirit. I'm taking this to the next level. The kingdom of God comes from the inside out. Stop looking for the external manifestation of something that's already in you. The Father sent it through the Son. It's from the throne room. It's still attached to the throne room. And it's in us. If you could get this, if you could understand that we are conduits of him in all aspects in this fallen world, do you know what we could do? We could shake the world one last time before the return of the king. This is what the enemy's been fighting. This is what he's been keeping from happening. This is what he knows he can't do anything about. He can't stop it, can't withstand it, can't overcome it. So he has to keep you from understanding it and entering into it. John seventeen twenty three. And he's talking to the Father. But I want you to hear what he's saying. He says, I in them and you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as, as, as you have loved me. We're so fractured and splintered and dysfunctional, and that's exactly what the enemy wanted. But I'm telling you right now, there is a remnant, and there is maybe even a remnant within the remnant that are getting this that are coming together in unity and heart, mind, and spirit and vision that aren't just going to shake this world. They're going to take it back. They're going to do what needs to be done for the Lord to finish the job. Now, he doesn't need us to do it, but he's shared. he's asked us to share with him in this. If we could become one, it would be an outgrowth of the union that the Lord has with the Father. It's the oneness of the Father and the Son that they would be in us, through us. The power of the Holy Spirit would manifest a spiritual intimacy, a transformational intimacy. First John 4.13, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Abide. Remember, endued, you'll be endued with power. It's permanent. It's in us. Why do we keep looking for and listening to people that teach and sing about the external manifestation of the spirit? Oh, spirit, fall on me. Well, you must not be born again and saved. What do you mean? Spirit's in you. Stir it up. 
You don't need them to fall on you. That happened with the book of Acts. They poured it in, poured it in. Now, if you're that dry and you're that needy, man, that's on you. But the point is, he's already inside of you. The indwelling is the foundation to how we are to live and walk in the kingdom. Listen again, John got, John had it. And it hit, this hit me today. While Larry and I were praying, the Lord just dropped this into my spirit and I had to go get the scripture. John 15, verses 4 through 7. Now, as I speak these scriptures, as you hear them, maybe you download, maybe you take notes, maybe you're looking them up in your Bible because I fire them so fast that you that you start to see the kingdom in it. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, says the Lord, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you live in me, abide virtually, vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, whatever you ask, whatever you will, and it shall, you ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. There's the key. All he wants is kingdom people. Those that don't live in him and aren't attached to him, they don't bear fruit. They're not of him. It was never supposed to be what we have right now, dysfunctional religion. It was supposed to be about one kingdom and one king. Now, looking at John 15, where does the sap come from? Where does the fruit come from? Inside out. 1 John 2, 6, He who says he abides in him ought also himself to walk just as he walked. If you are abiding in, if you're living him, if you're attached to him, you should walk as he walked. How did he walk? He said it. He walked in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is, is upon you. This is so simple. This is so basic. I don't know how we didn't see it before. That's the whole concept of being born again. That's the whole concept of being a new creation. A creation of this world cannot understand nor can it connect to the kingdom of God. They can't see it. It's imaginary. It's mythical to them. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, the kingdom of this world. Behold, all things have become new, the kingdom of God. If you are engrafted into the vine of Messiah, you become a new creature altogether. And that old moral and spiritual condition you were in, it's gone. It's gone. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Old things have passed away. That, that word in the Greek for old is archaios, ancient, original, old. That's no more. Spiritually, you're supposed to go back to being Adam. Connected so much to the Father in the throne room that he doesn't have to come looking for you. He knows where you are. And this involves the ruling government. This involves principalities. This involves powers. See, when you're walking in the kingdom, you're able to do things that nobody else can do. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Therefore, he's over all those things. 
Ephesians 1.21, he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. When the Messiah, when the Lord, our Savior, when he rose from the dead, he was ushering in the kingdom age. He was ushering in a new creation, a new person, a new I don't even say humanity because it's even beyond that. An established order that is redeemed from sin and a new universe that you go live in spiritually, unfortunately, until he comes back and gets us and we can live in it physically. You've been transferred from one kingdom to another. From the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of darkness, you've been transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. Therefore, the kingdom is in you, and you're living it inside out. But there's another aspect to that, the other revelation. It's the correlation to the temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? What do we know? We know that the tabernacle and the temple is a shadow of what's in the throne room, of what is in heaven. But if the Spirit of the living God's inside of you, you're no longer connected to the earthly one. You're connected to the heavenly one. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not of you're not your own. You're of the kingdom. You're not of this world. But I can news for you, you want to be of this world? You can be of this world. You can think about worldly things. You can do worldly things. You can act like you're from this world. Gosh, this is so basic. This was the core of his ministry. This was the core of what the disciples were trying to teach. And over the years, people got caught up in religion and and they just didn't get it. Go with me to Romans 8. It's everywhere. It's everywhere in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But I'm trying to pull you. I'm trying to pull you with me into this realm. I'm trying to pull you into this reality where you stop walking in the world and stop walking in the ways of this world. When you look in the mirror, if you're in front of a mirror right now, which means you're probably not paying attention to me, so stop that. But if you were in front of a mirror right now, you're seeing your earthly visage, your, the, the earthly visual. You've got to start seeing yourself in the kingdom, and that means healthy. That means whole. And I get it. The world's done stuff to you. You've done stuff to yourself. I know. I've done it. I've made bad decisions. But here's what I believe. Two of my brothers and I prayed this today. I believe we're entering into an age where as you walk in the kingdom, as you get pulled completely into this spiritual reality I'm talking about, you're going to get healed. Things are going to revert back to the way they were. I got a little ahead of myself there. Let's go to Romans 8, starting verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. I could say those that are dominated by the kingdom of the world think Worldly sinful things, but those that are controlled by the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of this sinful nature, the kingdom of the world, can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Messiah living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Messiah lives within you, so even Though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. And here we go, verse 11, been quoted a lot, but now I want you to see it differently. The Spirit of God who raised Yeshua from the dead lives in you. 
Just as God raised Messiah Yeshua from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. If you were one of the uh, seminars I did, and I showed you that video of that woman that talked about, she was a physicist from California, that the resurrection was a quantum level reaction that rippled throughout the universe that signified a new age, something, the same manifestation when he spoke everything into existence and said, let there be light, happened that day when the Holy Spirit put him back in his mortal body, a, a new body, a perfect body, and he came out of the tomb. That was the manifestation of the kingdom of God. The Spirit lives in you. It's in you. It's connected to him in the throne room. Therefore, what? You are in the kingdom of God. If your life is a mess right now, or you know somebody whose life is a mess right now, I can guarantee you that within a short period of time of talking to you, I could find out that you are more in the world than you are in the kingdom of God. Your thoughts, your actions, your desires... You've been completely pulled into this world. And while the kingdom I'm talking about hasn't completely manifested in the natural, we are in the fullness of the spiritual component. So what it comes down to is you're either natural or you're spiritual. Which is it? You decide. Because if you're in the natural... You have a problem, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I could change that and say the natural man, the natural woman, the natural person does not receive the things of the kingdom of God. They are foolishness to them. They can't know it. They can't experience it because it comes from the Holy Spirit. The lack of connection to the kingdom of God indicates the absence of the Holy Spirit. It's an evidence of an unsaved state. His presence, his divine abiding presence, is the evidence, the guarantee of having been saved. Basic. This is basic stuff, folks. You're either born again or you're not. You're either born again, filled with the Spirit, and in the kingdom, or you're not. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. It's the confirmation of our salvation. Look at 1 John. Seem John really got this. He never came right out and said it, but he was, he was teaching it. 1 John 3.24, all who keep his commandments, who obey his orders and follow his plan, live and continue to live, to stay and abide in him. There's that word again, and he in them. They let Messiah be a home to them, and they are the home of Messiah. And by this we know and understand and have the proof that he really lives and makes his home in us. The proof is by the Holy Spirit whom he gave to us. 1 John 4, 13, by this we know that we abide, again, the word abide in him, and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Abide, permanent residence. It's a mutual experience between us and him. It's the duality of connection to him in the throne room. This is that vine and branch thing. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. This is John 15, 1 through, starting with verse 1. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Because simply said, unless you abide in the kingdom, you're not doing anything. You're not producing any fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
I'm reading the same scripture, but I'm trying to get you to see it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, that they may gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Why? Because you're in the kingdom. You're speaking from a supernatural place, a supernatural dominion, a supernatural control. And by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. If the Spirit abides in us, then we abide in Him. Without Him there's no fruit. Without Him there's no free flow of the kingdom of God in us. You wonder why the church is so ineffective? I think I just explained it to you. They're not attached to Him. They're attached to people and personalities. They're attached to buildings and denomination. They're attached to everything but him. And it's just how the enemy wanted it. The kingdom of God, it's eternal. It can't pass away. It can't go away. It's what Paul was teaching. It's what John was teaching. They were giving us direction. Peter was trying to get us to understand that you can't live in this world and be of this world. You can't do it. You're either in one world or the other. You can't even straddle them. Because the world, the things of the world, are hatred to God. They are enmity. They are an enemy of God. Oh, you may every now and then just dip your foot in the, in the water of the kingdom of God... But more than likely, you're walking in the world. Every part of our life, every single part of your life should, be the, should reflect the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 2. Now see this from the kingdom perspective. Do not be conformed to this kingdom, to the kingdom of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is that? To be in the kingdom. You want to be in the kingdom? You must be saved. The power, the authority, the jurisdiction of a spiritual monarch and ruler, I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's what Paul's talking about, Ephesians 3.10. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? By the church, us, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. doesn't say angels are going to go do it. doesn't say that he's going to do it. The church is to make it known. Then he goes on in Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, what are we, what are we wrestling against then, Paul? against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. You're wrestling against the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, and the things that rule that kingdom. Well, I got news for them. They are nothing compared to the kingdom of God and the king whom we serve. In an encounter in uh, McCullough, Alabama, Coming towards the end of what we were doing, a Canaanite entity known as Baal Barith had been lurking around. Apparently he brought a, what the Lord said, a big brother, and we never got the actual name, but he bought, brought a big brother with him, and I could sense it, I could feel it, so could everybody else. And I'd had enough. I threw down my equipment, I threw down the bag I had, I took off the backpack I had. I walked out to the middle of this open area where I could sense him, and I said, that's it. Let's go. Me and my king against you and yours. We know how that ended. That's the kingdom of God presence. When you're so disgusted by what you see, when you're so hurt by what the enemy's doing, that you get on your knees or you go into your prayer closet or you get under your prayer shawl and you war until the Spirit says it's done for that soul, for that person. We need to wrestle. Oh, I know it shouldn't be like this, but we didn't do the job. 
we didn't do what we were supposed to do after he ascended into heaven. Had we done the job, this would have ended quicker. And, of course, he knew that. He was outside of time. He knew what we would and wouldn't do, so he made a way for us. He prepared for a remnant that I believe is waking up. That he understand that by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities of power, all things were created through him and for him. Colossians 1.16, that means he's the king. Colossians 2.10 and 2.15, and you are complete in him who was what? The head of all principality and power. There's no discussion about which kingdom It's his kingdom. He rules all principality and power. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. He's gone into heaven at the right hand of God, 1 Peter 3.22. All authorities, all angels, all things are made subservient to him. Just think if we got this. Just think. Matthew twenty eight eighteen, this is the Lord speaking, saying, All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, wait a second, Lord, doesn't that match your prayer? That your kingdom come, your will be done in heaven and on earth? Wait a second, Matthew twenty eight eighteen was his declaration that the authority that he talked about in the Lord's prayer had been given to him. And then he says, Now therefore go, I am dispensing it to you. We shouldn't have any fear of the supernatural realm. The gospel is the entrance into the kingdom. Matthew 1, 14 and 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. John the Baptist had a pre-kingdom mindset. That's why he had to be replaced. I mean, look look at this. He talked that the kingdom of God would look, look initially unimpressive. But it would grow into something tremendous, that it's a kingdom in action. Matthew thirteen twenty four. it's a farmer that plants, cultivates, and harvests. Well, his work, his action. Matthew thirteen thirty one. it's a seed that grows into a large bush or tree. Growth, that's action. Matthew thirteen thirty three. it's yeast that has to expand and cause the dough to rise. Matthew thirteen forty seven. it's a fishnet pulling fish into the boat. It takes effort, it's action, it's reaction. And he never said for us to build the kingdom. He'd already done it. We just had to walk in it. We had to live in it. We had to let it work through us. Of course, Satan does the same thing. He has a counterfeit kingdom. He, Luke twenty two three. he entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Satan's expanding his kingdom. He's possessing people just like he did Judas. He's still doing it today. He's expanding and possessing and doing everything we're seeing on the news. And as the God of this world, he will always be expanding the installation of his kingdom in people. Where is the kingdom of God? Where is the manifestation of the kingdom? Where are the greater works in the kingdom? The God of this world is doing what we should be doing. If we listened to the Lord's Prayer, if we were acting upon the Lord's Prayer, if we were doing the will of God on earth as he asked of us, then the kingdom of God would be expanding, not playing catch-up. Now, the other revelation the Lord gave me yesterday, interestingly enough, about the whole the kingdom of God being here and now, in 1933, there was a book called Lost Horizon. And in it was something called Shangri-La, the mystical, harmonious kingdom, an earthly paradise. People were almost immortal. They lived to be hundreds of years old. It was a mystical utopia. Everyone was trying to find it, but it was hidden from their eyes. They had to go down this narrow, treacherous way to find it. Not everyone could, but those that got in and those that found it could enjoy Shangri-La. Guess what, folks? That's the kingdom of God. That's what we're looking for. But it's not mystical, it's real. And narrow is the way in few who find it. 
Matthew 7, 14. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it that life is what? The kingdom of God. His aim was that the kingdom would be established on earth. And his promise was to those that are abiding in it, establishing it in this world, their efforts would be rewarded in this world and the world to come. Now, who was called to do that? The church. We should be pressing in. We should be looking. We should be seeking. It was always here. You just couldn't see it. People gave you false directions. If we would just understand that this world is not our home, if we would make a decision today, right now, about finding the kingdom of God, finding our mystical but real place. So I I guess my question as I come to a close here, after I've said all this, hopefully you got it, maybe you have to listen to it again, maybe you have to download it. They're free. I don't make anything for it. We don't get anything for it. The question becomes, what kingdom have you chosen to live in? What What are you living in? Whatever it is, you've chosen the kingdom that you're in. Whose rule have you submitted yourself to? The God of this world? The king of this world? Because that's who Hasatan and the fallen are. They're not very kingly. They're more like, you know, princes or whatever. Or the God of all creation, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, you decide. You decide by what you do. You decide by what you watch. You decide by what you say. You decide by what you put in to your spirit man. I mean, when I used to train people, oh, I want to get into shape. I want to look like you. Well, what would you eat this weekend? I had a pizza. But I had a Diet Coke with it. Really? I knew they weren't serious. Are you serious? Are you serious about this? Because if you're not, I don't know why you're here. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to make money. I'm not here to do anything more than further the kingdom of God and destroy the kingdom of darkness. I'm here to serve the king. I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to raise up people and train people and get the remnant to open their eyes and be ready to be available because it's here and now, folks. The war is on. The war is on, and I know the blessing's coming. I know the provision's coming. And we're going to go do what we were called to do. What we've done before now has been pretty cool, but it's not anything like what's coming. So, Father, I just pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, through the word that I've spoken, through any revelation of things that you've shared with your children, they would choose here and now to live in the kingdom of God. They would take a stock of their life and say, where in my life am I serving the kingdom of this world? Where have I wandered outside the gates? Where have I lost my diplomatic immunity because I'm no longer behind the walls of your kingdom? And they would make the changes necessary. They would do what's necessary, whatever it is to pull in the fullness of the kingdom in their life, to manifest the kingdom of God in their life to lay hands on the sick and they recover. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised. Why? Because the hand you're laying on them isn't from this world. It's from the kingdom. Peter's shadow healed people because it was shadow coming off the body that was not of this world. He was in the kingdom. They were the example. They proved you could walk in it here and now. And I'm praying that you get it. I'm praying that you receive it. I'm praying that you do it in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This is The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. (music) 